Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. We uh, we have so much fun ahead of us over the next uh, three to four episodes. Oh, um, yes. I, I think this is going to be funny. So looking forward to this. Yes, we're going to talk about common fallacies. And when you sent me the list, I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, right? What is a fallacy? And, and, and if they're common, why don't I know what they are? Uh, and, oh. and then, yeah, I started reading the list and I was like, oh, wait, I do these. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've done this. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. If you've watched television and watched a commercial, you might have experienced a fallacy in the near, you know, the the, the recent past. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Or any common. any person with any political background whatsoever, <laughs> right? Speaking for more than three to four seconds, right? <laughs> probably thrown one of these out here. Uh, so, what right. was what was it that attracted you to these? Well, so. Um, First off, there's going to be a handout. We will we will have a link to mm-hmm. this document on on the uh, the blog, the old blog. And what's uh, sec- the cost of that handout? Oh, this will be at the low low price of uh, zero dollars. Oh. Yeah, yeah. This is free. This Thanks. is just just sharing love with the world. That's all we're doing here. You know, that was my favorite brand of cereal. Free, free inside. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, it, if, if the box said free inside, that was the cereal I wanted. So, I'm not going to show you, but when we moved, I discovered a box full of uh, cereal prizes that I have kept from my childhood, and they're oh, yeah. they're glorious. They're absolutely glorious. This so. is like this, only more timeless and more valuable. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Um, yeah, and and I adapted this from, uh, believe it or not, a uh, essentially a middle school textbook on. Um, it's it's called the fallacy detectives by Nathaniel Bludorn and Hans Bludorn, um, and it's it's uh it's about informal logic is what this field of study is called, um, but the idea is that these are fallacies these are statements that are not true, they're not true, and you can evaluate statements that um, are claiming to be facts, right um, as uh, as as logical or illogical, if you want to uh, put it that way. So we're not talking about opinions. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, so-and-so is lazy, that's an opinion. We can't evaluate that as a logical or illogical statement. That's their opinion. Right. Um, so we're, we're talking about uh, stuff that's a, a, a little more, um, a little more nuanced where you might miss that there's something baked in there. That's just not true. And we're going to go through the list to help you name these things and uh, notice how often they they come up. The reason we're doing this for any reason, Mike, is because we just did this series on crucial conversations. And I ran across this quote, and um, it's from um, Judah Golden, who is a Hebrew professor. Uh, it was in the int- introduction for anybody who cares to uh, S.Y. Agnon's uh, Days of Awe about uh, Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. Have I said enough weird words yet? Yeah, um, pretty much. I'll, I'll stop that. Uh, but anyway, he was talking about uh, Judaism, and he, he basically said it's an extraordinary tradition that loves the world and therefore rebukes it. Ooh. The idea that you love the world and therefore you rebuke it. You know, if you love somebody, you'd point out their errors. 
Now right. we're not we're not encouraging you to go point them out in a conversation and say, you know, that was a logical fallacy that you just committed there. But what we do want you to do is when you're having these crucial conversations, be able to think about the story you tell yourself and the story you're hearing from the other person and say, what about this doesn't actually make sense? It just cannot be true, even though it sounds good. And that's what we're doing here is we're going to run through some examples of of what those uh, what those items could be. Well, I think that's perfect. And and when I read the list, it was it was, oh, yeah. People have done this to me while we're having a oh. difficult conversation or, or a coaching conversation. 100%. And one of the things that we, we like to do on the podcast is, is to be able to provide you with a way to label it, right? right? If I can identify it, if I can name it, then I can address it. I can, I can figure out, I more clearly see it, uh, more clearly have a, a course of action around it. So um, yeah, I, you know, it's one of these things where as, as we go through these, you'll go, yeah, yeah, somebody did that to me. And, and I knew that it didn't make sense. <laughs> you know, like, that, no, that don't make no sense. <laughs> but I didn't know what exactly they were doing. So right. we're going to clear that up for you. All right. So here we go. So uh, this episode is about things we do to avoid the question. That's sort of our, <laughs> our general theme here. Uh, avoiding the question things we do to avoid the question <laughs> i'm doing my ed mcmahon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes yes he always repeated johnny's statement <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. Uh, yeah all right avoiding the question number one is a red herring so a red herring uh, basically the idea that you're going to just say a point that has absolutely nothing to do with what you're actually talking about you're taking you're taking the dog down the trail of a red herring instead of what they're actually supposed to be hunting so to speak uh what they're supposed to be tracking um so so this is to cause the conversation to go off on another trail um an example might be uh he'll make a great sales consultant he's such a sharp dresser yeah oh yeah yeah that makes perfect sense uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i know he's a hacker he owns a computer right <laughs> exactly <laughs> what? what what no uh, yeah so uh, yeah yeah when you hear this you're you, yeah yeah there's something in your brain that goes no no that's you know but if somebody says it convincingly enough uh, yeah. yeah, it could and, take you. It could take you off topic. Yeah. And and what if they take you off topic by you tracing down? You know, well, I don't think he's a sharp dresser. He's not mm-hmm. a sharp dresser. That's not the argument you're supposed to be having, right? That's not the actual discussion you want to have. So in coaching, we call that getting hooked, right? Managers don't get hooked by an employee taking you down something that is irrelevant to the conversation you really need to have. You want to talk about would he make a good sales consultant or not? You don't want to talk about how he dresses. So go back oh, to yeah. that original topic. All right. Well, when seeing I was lost, as soon as I were, heard the word herring, all I thought of was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> right. And we will substitute the herring for an axe. Right. <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I was completely, yeah, somebody with, you know, with short attention span. Yeah, I was done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll help you avoid the question. All right. Excellent. Uh, next one is special pleading. And so the idea here is that, um, you know, there, there's an exception that this person, the situation warrants, and it really isn't justified. Um, so basically, you're, you're saying, uh, this deserves a double standard. 
Um, you and I know of a great example from uh, the career of Alan Mulally when he was uh, CEO of Ford. You know, he had this mandatory meeting. Mm-hmm. All the department heads, the division heads were supposed to attend this meeting and one guy didn't show up and he went to him and said, hey, you weren't at the meeting. What's going on? And he said, essentially, I'm really busy. My department's really busy. So I can't attend the mandatory meeting. Well, it can't be both, right? It can't be a mandatory meeting. And if you're busy, you don't have to come to the mandatory meeting. It's got to be one or the other. So um, so, so there's an example of how it shows up in the workplace. Can't have a double standard that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the old, yeah, it's, it's, it's good for everybody else, but not me. Right. Yeah, right. that's, uh, yeah, I know all the other managers are turning in their report. Um, but, you know, my department's a lot bigger. I shouldn't have to. Now, we, we do have a, a colleague, Greg Tansky, one of our mentors, who says, how many cars do I have to sell to break the rules around here? Mm-hmm. And uh, that somewhat applies here, right? Unless mm-hmm. you define that and say, it's mandatory unless you sell X number of cars, right? You have to follow right. this right. policy unless you do that. You'd have to define that. Otherwise, it's a double standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes we see that after the fact. Right. So the leader doesn't <laughs> anticipate everything. And then right. somebody says, well, you know, I had this guy and he wanted to spend $10 million with us. Is that an, an acceptable excuse for not jumping on the Zoom call? <laughs> All right. From here on forward, if anyone on this call <laughs> has a client that's going to sign a $5 million or greater contract with you, you are excused from the mandatory Zoom call. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, sometimes the rules get made up after, but yeah, that's fine. But just know that, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, your special pleading is not going to work. I love that. Uh, The next one is a Latin phrase, ad hominem, ad hominem, which means to the man. So in other words, we're not going to talk about the actual argument, the, the, the claim that we're making. We're going to talk about the person who said the claim, because that would be an easier thing to attack. So uh, the example I came up with was, uh, let's not worry with what Bob says would fix this situation. He was written up for tardiness. Are we going to listen to a tardy person? Uh, yeah, Bob, yeah. Bob might have the best idea, you know? He's tardy, yeah. but he's got the best idea. We probably ought to listen to him. Yeah, well, and you got to wonder, was this, were we, you know, brainstorming ideas around punctuality? Mm. <laughs> if yeah, so, that might change the equation. <laughs> Yeah, this might be a legitimate, you know, <laughs> point of contention. Uh, but yeah, if we're, if we're talking about, uh, yeah, how do we create a software fix for the latest bug? And, right. Yeah, we got to exclude Bob from the development of this, you know, fix because, you know, he was tardy three times last week. Right. Like, <laughs> right. no, he's he's our best programmer. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Like, yeah, but have you noticed his shirts are wrinkled? <laughs> No, no, I don't care. <laughs> Whoever we're arguing with is really hung up about clothes. This is uh, weird. Yeah, it was kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. All right, the next one. Uh, genetic fallacy. So this is similar, uh, but we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to attack the source. We're not going to attack the person who said the argument. We're going to attack the source of the argument. So, so my example, uh, you know, harmony in the workplace. You know, that's what we're trying to achieve. That's the kind of thing hippies would worry about. Oh, yeah. Hippies are bad. Therefore, this whole concept of harmony is bad because they came up with this. Well, maybe that goes to I had a manager one time and we were talking about, you know, creating a better workplace for the team members. And he looked at me and he goes, he goes, this isn't Google. 
you know, and I, <laughs> and I and I just looked at it for a second. I said, "Yeah, who'd want that kind of profitability?" <laughs> <laughs> Good comeback. <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's smacking me around. <laughs> I, I got one uh, last week. This will you'll appreciate. This it's a manager you and I both have worked with, uh, and um, I was uh, starting the day with a little Marvin Gaye. That was what I brought to the to the party, you know. Some sexual healing. Uh, well, I didn't go there, but I, uh, you know, more like what's going on. But uh, uh, okay. yeah, so he walks in and he said, uh, "Mark, what is this? A Mercedes meeting?" <laughs> and I'm still to this day not exactly sure what the what the, you know, the cut down was. But anyway, right. Yeah, so. Well, I think I think this one is a perfect example of of don't name don't tell the person who used it what the name of it was. Yeah, right. You, right. Yeah. You don't want to look at somebody and go, I believe that was, uh, you know, you're a genetic fallacy. You're a, you're a genetic fallacy. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what that is, but we're going to have to fight. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to punch you in the face. Uh, yeah. And I can't even pronounce the next one. Uh, uh, I believe it is tu quoque. I believe I'm right about that. Tu quoque, which is another Latin phrase. It means you too. The, the fact that these are Latin phrases, by the way, means that these are really old, right? This has been around for a long time, mm -hmm. people combating these. So, so uh, it means you too. And basically, again, this is not attacking the argument. It's attacking the person making the argument because they don't follow their own guidelines. Um, so the example, you know, uh, we shouldn't follow your recommendation to start a fitness program. You never exercise, right? Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that a fitness regimen and some sort of program wouldn't be a great idea. Right? So that would be like the my medical doctor uh, recommending that, you know, smoking is bad, even though they smoke. Yeah. I'm not saying that their leadership is great in the fact that they have that, uh, you know, behavior right. at the same time they're preaching something else. But guess what? It doesn't mean they're wrong either. Right. You right. can't attack right. the argument uh, based on, you know, who said it. Yeah. They may not be a role model, but they might not be wrong. Right. No. Right. Uh, all right. The next one. Uh, faulty appeal to authority. So this is a faulty appeal to authority. And the idea here is that you're you're making an argument you know, based on an authority who's really not an authority in the thing that you're arguing about, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever this thing is that you're claiming. Um, so, so there is an appeal to proper authority, but this is an appeal to faulty authority. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and here's an example that I have literally heard in uh, my, my travels and car dealerships. Our service department needs to be completely overhauled. My sales manager told me so. Mm -hmm. A sales manager doesn't have authority over service but somehow we're listening to him on things that need to change in service. Eh, probably not a good idea. Oh yeah. That's like when my broke barber gives me investment advice. Yeah. That's a, that's a great example. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> no, no, I'm not taking it. No, no. Yeah, I'm not, not, not going with that authority. <laughs> that's good. All right. We've got a couple more here. Uh, one is appeal to the people. And that's when you make an argument based on, you know, many other people agreeing with it, you know, uh, mm -hmm. 60 million Elvis fans can't be wrong or whatever the name of that album was, mm -hmm. you know, that's not necessarily a, a, a an endorse. That's an endorsement of those people that that's music that they like, but that doesn't make it good music. Right, right. right. I think Slim Whitman sold 60 million albums. Wow. It was not good. <laughs> you know, who, just... who is Slim Whitman? I oh. 
you have for once beaten me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Slim Whitman? Oh, Who is man. Slim Whitman? He, he had a he had an album infomercial, uh, and it was on every night for, oh. for a decade. And he, you know, you could buy the whole Slim Whitman com- collection. <laughs> and he he did a lot of whistling, like it was. Oh, <gasps> okay. I do know who you're talking about. Yeah. The uh, well, look how great that was getting you to avoid the topic we're on (laughs) (laughs) completely derailed you with my slim whitman reference Uh, nicely done me that was that was that was well done Uh, Uh, well i think that goes to i think my well you know what i I want to listen i want to tell you something you doing that was really similar to how Hitler got people thinking about all the things that you know he distracted them with during World War II. You're no better than Hitler, Mike. Well, Which brings me uh, to the straw man fallacy. Yeah, yes, uh, and you know Slim Whitman and Hitler get brought up in the same sentence a lot. <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. two straw men now. You and Slim. This is terrible. Yeah, yeah this is uh, not good. So the idea here is that you are creating a caricature of this um, argument. You know, mm-hmm. you're 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 blowing it up uh, into something that it's not so that you can knock it down because of what you're connecting it to instead of attacking the argument itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, here, here's an example. Again, I've heard this all the time in the car business. We're not going to write our process down. That's a terrible idea. If, if we do that, our people are going to be acting like robots. Mm-hmm. It'll be awful. Now, yeah. That's not true, right? I mean, that just because you write down a process, it might give your people a better idea of how to confidently go through a process instead of slavishly follow every word, jot and tittle, right? All right. Did you I'll just use up. the word tittle? Jot and tittle, both did, did both. Yeah. Man, oh, this is really good. This, see, so a lot of, so a lot of bad. this one, what, what you see is let's take it to its farthest extreme. Yeah, yeah. The, right. If 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 you're able to you know talk to a computer, at some point they will take over the world. Right, right. What? Well, <laughs> you know, not necessarily. Like, like, right. Yeah. So just yeah yeah. Let's take it as you know what would be the ultimate farthest extreme, uh, and I'm going to use that as an argument to not do anything or avoid this topic. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So so with all of this, the idea is that you know it, we're we're not going to the heart of the matter. We're instead talking about the person who made the argument. Or, uh, you know, something that just doesn't have anything to do or is some exaggerated extreme of the argument. We're not talking about the argument itself. So kindly, gently, graciously, you need to have your questions direct back to the heart of the matter and talk about the thing that's really the, the conflict between the two of you on whatever this is mm-hmm. uh, that, that has become a crucial conversation. But these are some things to look out for um, as you do that, things to name as you go through your, your day. Well, yeah, and I can almost hear, right, if, if I'm susceptible to these things, which I am, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, I want to I have some stuff ready, you know, so I want to be right. thinking about, you know, how do I respond? Like, well, that's an interesting point, but I'm not sure it addresses what we're really focused on here, you know, yeah. and just, yeah. you, you know, just have a couple of phrases in your, in your toolbox to pull you back to the, the main conversation that you want to have. Nope, I'd never thought of that. Um, so let's think about what it is that we're trying to do here. <laughs> right. Like, right. You know, just, yeah, acknowledge it, dismiss it, and see if we can move back to, yeah, the main point, the, the real reason that we're, we're, we've set aside time for this conversation. 
there, there's a, um, a, a great one I like, which is uh, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Mm -hmm. You know, sort of force them to build the blocks uh, of, of their own argument. But it, this is the, the advice we're giving here, the tactics that you can use uh, will apply to all three or four episodes that we're about to do. This just happens to be the list of, uh, you know, people avoiding, you know, the ways that people avoid the, the, the heart of the argument, the question at hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this has avoidance all over it. Right. And, and, and we would like to caution our entire audience, both of you, to, <laughs> to not use this like as a list of special weapons to take into a conversation. This 100%. Is, this is the bad list. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so this is not, wow, oh, I think I'll use more special pleading and red herrings. <laughs> like, no, 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 we're not teaching these to you. Yeah, this is like, don't do this. Yeah. Don't be that and, guy. And, and when you encounter that guy, you'll be better armed and better equipped to deal with it. Yeah. And, and I would even say, don't be the guy who points all of these out, you know, through the course of a conversation, like he's a jerk, you know, but, but you being aware and, and aware of what's going on helps you address it in a, in a, you know, a, a firm, but, but uh, gracious way to get to the heart of these things. So oh, definitely. Yeah. And speaking of appealing authorities. Oh, geez. <laughs> Let's, let's turn it over to our gracious announcer. He's going to start charging. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't think he's seen the budget. <laughs> and that's a wrap. The musings of Mark and Mike. No rights reserved, etc. Feel free to share and discuss what you heard today. Even claim the ideas as your own. <laughs> Who'd want to do that? See you next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. Thanks. That's good enough.